Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically panned and everything in between. We will rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of dark video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Rambling Rose. In Rambling Rose, the Hillier family takes in a young woman named Rose, played by Laura Dern, to work as the live-in caretaker and maid. Set in the 1930s, her free-spirited nature causes problems within the conservative small Georgia town, and with Daddy Hillier, played by Robert Duvall, but intrigues his teenage son Buddy, played by Lucas Haas. Screenplay by Calder Willingham, directed by Martha Coolidge, and released on September 20th, 1991. Had you seen Rambling Rose before? No. I've never seen it, and I've never heard of this movie. Oh, really? I definitely was aware of it from working at the video store. Okay. It was, you know, like... You know how the video stores used to have, um, like, independent movie sections? Yeah, yeah. Often. This was in there. Oh. You know, that that was one of the ones that was in that grouping. Well, because... When I used to go to like Blockbuster and stuff, that was I would always go to the independent movie section because those were like the ones I was most interested in when I was in high school. Blockbuster might not have had it in theirs, but Hollywood Video did. Okay. So. Well, I think I don't. I never really went to a Hollywood Video because I didn't live near one. Uh, well, I worked at one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it was either That's that. It was either Blockbuster or like Suncoast Video or something. Yeah, which did not rent out things, unfortunately. Um, and now I also sort of I watched the Oscars every year with my parents, even if I didn't watch the more independent stuff. I was still aware because this was nominated. So. I mean, I did too. I just never. It's never anything I wanted to watch, though. I just, yeah, I don't know. I never heard of it until we made this list of movies. (laughs) Well, I also knew of it because of the AFI list. That's one of the things that got me into movies more hardcore, is when I was in high school, they released the AFI Top 400 nominees for, you know, best all-time American-made movies. Okay. And this was on that list of the top 400. I it did not, it, it then got whittled down to the top 100. This was not one of the ones that made the cut, but it was in that short list. I don't understand why. I don't either. <laughs> I'm glad that you. D- <laughs> I could tell you were checked out of this movie. No, what I did was. And I, I have a feeling I know exactly the scene where it happened. because that that scene was too long and I'm like this is too much and I'm done so what I did is I cheated and I went on Wikipedia and I read the plot and I was like okay this is what's going to happen so I know what's happening so I just like checked out this is like one of the first movies where I literally was like 
this is like I'm your, checking out. This is like your Mediterranean for like you know how like Ebert. If you had the yeah. choice to walk away, I would. You would I d- li- uh, if I saw this in the movie theater, yeah, I've never walked out of a movie theater. <laughs> I'm trying to think of if I have or not. Like the only time I've walked out of a movie theater is if I like felt sick or something. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I have like as a kid, but I mean, oftentimes when I was paying for something i wanted to get my yeah. money's worth even if i, I or hated not. a movie i would just be like i guess i'm sitting here yeah. until the end suck it up i mean if you're renting something that might be a little bit different but even then i tended to finish all the stuff that i started i, I won't say that i hated the movie but i don't like it if that's fair this okay it starts off with Jumping to the future, which is still in the past in terms of contemporary day. We're now in 1971, Georgia, or we start off there. And Buddy, a.k.a. Brother, a.k.a. Wilcox Hillier. A.k.a. Yeah, I don't understand the whole... It's so... Buddy, Brother... So like every they never called him Wilcox, and it was like once. He called himself Wilcox at the beginning narration. Yeah, but when he was being introduced, it was brother or buddy. I didn't... Yeah, which is weird, because the mom also gave, like, the real names for the littler siblings, along with the nicknames. And they made up these... But they did not give the real name for Wilcox. Yeah, the, the parents made up these nicknames and the kids hate the nicknames mm-hmm. they're like i don't want to be called this and they're like well fuck you i'm gonna call you this well because like one of them is like waski and he's like i don't fucking I don't like, like it waski call me warren yeah exactly and then and they're all like shut up waski yeah <laughs> so they're, they're parents and i was confused because i was like, we're just jumping yeah, to baby it. doll francis Francie, yeah, and whatever. she was like, I fucking I hate... I don't like being called doll. I fucking don't want to be called Dolly. Can you just call me my name, Francis? She's like, call me Fran, at least. And they're like, no, I'm going to call you Dolly. So you're Dolly for forever. Mm-hmm. The mom <laughs> says this. And then I thought this was like a weird... The mom who's like the best, most sympathetic character in the entire movie, possibly. Yeah, but in the, the beginning, I kind of like yeah, yeah. hated her. I was Not like, who's this fucking bitch? Yeah. And I thought this was like a an orphan. I know that oh. <laughs> like an orphanage, like that the mom quote was not really a mom. Like they were foster parents. And oh, this really? was like, th- that's what I thought oh, oh, oh. that this was going to. I don't mm. like, I didn't realize that those three kids were her, the mom and the dad's real kids. I thought they were like foster children. Oh, okay. And that's why they brought in Rose. Like, they were just... Because she's, like, an orphan. And I was like, oh, they take in orphans. Sure. Like, it's a rich family that takes orphan children. Yeah, okay. I That's what I thought this movie was going to. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I really kind of don't know exactly where this movie was trying to go to. It Like, it ended up going to a couple different weird spots near the end. But the whole first, like, half slash two-thirds is literal rambling. It's just shit happens, and, like, it 
bounces from like scene to scene and doesn't really seem to have like a cohesive structure or purpose to it for the most part i don't know that's my impression of it um and then at the end you kind of just like throw the thesis and everything right at your face yeah um which is a really weird way to go about things the characters are confusing the relationships were confusing i thought that different stuff was going to happen than it did for instance um buddy who is the narrator who is the person who's coming back home for whatever reason we don't know yet uh yeah yeah we don't know who's reminiscing about how rose came up to his doorstep when he was 13 years old for the very first time and how she was his first love um he's not the main character of this by a long shot i'd say he's fourth and so it's really weird to have this guy who's the narrator not really show up in his own story that he's technically narrating you know like he's bookending he's this thing. telling the story about this woman right but a lot of the scenes and the events have nothing to do with him with he's him. not there yeah and i doubt that his parents would have told him some of the stuff that they show so that framing device is awkward to me it seems well, out of he place was living in that house with her yeah but he would not have things. known about the medical conversation necessarily that unless the, the parents end. told him right but would they have they seem like they're progressive type of like the dad is definitely not well the mom which is also weird because i seriously thought that the dad okay <laughs> I seriously thought that the dad was pimping her out. The mom? No, Rose. Rose? Yes. I seriously thought so. There's a lot of confusing dynamics in this one. I'm, I'm just confused because, okay, when Rose comes up to the house when Buddy is 13, he, he runs for his dad and he's like, we have another one. So they've had someone like her before. That's yeah, why I thought I this was really like I don't a... know, like, how did Daddy, because he doesn't have a name, he's just called Daddy in this. All right, so... Which is, like, wrong. <laughs> well, he's Mr. Hillier, yeah, but Mr. yeah, Hillier, they call... Mr. Hillier, but Daddy, right? Yeah, well, the mom is doesn't have a name. She's Mrs. Hillier. Yeah, she's her mom. Mother. Yeah. All right. Um, to Rose as well. Anyway, yeah. We don't know how why they... Daddy found Rose. We just know that he did I thought when he was in Alabama or something like that. And that's, like, where she's from. And, like, rescued from. her from some hooligans of some kind or possibly her ex-pimp employers or something like that. It's alluded I've, to but never fully explained. I thought he was one of her clients. I also got that impression. But when she was coming on to him, he was like, no. But do you think they ever was he though been together that's what's so difficult about this and also i really don't know what the hell he's doing uh, because at some point i think they say he's an attorney but then when they show him at work he's just like at the front desk of a hotel helping people which an attorney would not be doing i don't know like so like what's what any attorney for on? like what does he litigate <laughs> i don't what's his uh is it like family law what is, I, don't... I don't know but like 
It doesn't make sense because like they sh- the the time they show him at work, he is like at a hotel, like giving people keys and like behind the front desk. He's like the fucking like landlord front desk guy oh. at. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in uniform or anything, but that, that's what they show him doing as a, a job. Well, okay, and this is during... And then they say during... he's an attorney. So, like, was he previously and he decided to give it up? This is during the Great Depression. Or did I miss something? That's true. Maybe he so lost maybe... his job as an attorney and had yeah. to take that work. Yeah. This is... Because the mom was... She's a student? She's going for her master's degree. But in New York... She talks about Columbia a lot. What happened... Um, no, I think she has money from her parents who died. Because the yeah. mom is also an orphan. Yeah, And I think yeah. she inherited money from her parents who had some relation to Columbia. I thought she went to Columbia and she was still like doing something for Columbia to work on some th- Maybe thesis. Maybe she got her undergrad there. Okay. I don't know. They, they gloss over stuff really fast. Yeah. And they never go back to it. Obviously, one, you don't necessarily have to, but... Well, they always mention Columbia, and she was always working on some fucking thesis for something. Yeah, just her master's degree. They don't really say what it's... Yeah, I was like, what is she studying, honestly? The one (laughs) time Rose asks her, she says it's American history, but that doesn't mean that... Yeah, she's studying history, but, I mean, is she a teacher? Like, what... What do you do? Like, what? <laughs> like, what do you literally... I know I it's... honestly think it's just there to show us that the wife is smarter than the rest of them. Like, it, like look how smart this person is. Yeah. This is why they should listen to her, because she's educated. I think that's all that's there for. Alright, I don't know. But anyway, like, I don't know the circumstances as to why he came across Rose. But yeah, like, the, the whole situation with... It seemed... Okay, he's... That's why I'm like, this family is so fucking weird. I don't think the mom... Like, how did the mom and dad meet? Because the mom's from New York. He's, like, a southern guy. And they seem... Like, the mom and dad seem like they're... They hate each other. Like the, Yeah, it's, it's like opposites attract. But they don't I show guess. love towards each other much it's like yeah. he he'll tell her something well we also have to say that she's hard of hearing and she's like she has a hearing aid but it's like one of those very first hearing aids because it's the 30s mm-hmm. and it's like one of those like in that movie wildflower kind of yeah where you have to have like a little thingamajig that's like connects to your ear piece like a little box or whatever she has to like yeah, turn on so it's or not on all the time yeah and so she's hard of hearing but like when he does tell her something it's like always something shitty well he's a huge misogynist that's part of it yeah that's why i'm like why the are these people together like very much in you know like she's like a progressive, progressive like feminism yeah um, and advocate. i'm like and she talks shit about, like, the South. Like, I, I like her once the, the more she was, like, speaking her mind. She was talking about how there's, like, racism and I don't agree with the politics down here. And the way they treat women down here as second-class citizens. I was like, yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, please speak more about that. Which which happens later. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, 
I honestly thought that that was like the dad was using as manipulation, right? So, okay. Let me get into the scene where Rose claims to love daddy because she was a damsel in distress and here's Here's like this guy that's, yeah, he saves her. And she, Rose is just like a person that loves love. Like, I think she just wants to fall in love. I also think she's just not very book smart either. Well, because she grew up on a farm. Yeah, yeah. Like, she has no formal education, and she doesn't have a whole lot of social interaction that isn't, like, a physical relationship. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much all she knows because of how she was exploited in her past, and she doesn't know anything better. So, like, the whole purpose of Rose showing this is, like, you know, I'm in love with you because you saved me, and so let me be sexual with you. Yeah, that's, like, her, like, this is my idea of showing love is, like, okay, I love you because you saved me, so let me show my love by wanting to sleep with you. Yeah, like, she's not, she's not dim, she's just unaware. Yeah. She's like a puppy. Yeah. Um, and so there's the scene where she's like, well, I just need to kiss you. I need to kiss you. Like, I love you. I love you. And he's like, you this don't is where I started. <laughs> this is like in the beginning where I'm already like, it's very uncomfortable watching these scenes. It, yeah. Um, so, okay. Let me get into a little bit. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> the audience needs to know a little bit if they haven't seen it. The, and so the dad's like, no, I don't want to do that. But then he says, okay, well, if you want me to kiss you a little bit, I will. And then he does. And then they sort of, like, get up and move to, like, a bench where, like, her boob pops out. And he's, like, grabbing it and whatever. And then he pulls away. He's, like, and then he starts to berate her for, like, letting that happen. Right. Um, But meanwhile, yes, the children are watching this. And they're, like, kind of laughing about it as if... They're, like, into the idea of Rose being in love with the dad. Their their own dad. Yeah. And that's why I was, like... Well, another thing that he's... There are, like... This is meant to be a comedy. And I was, like... When I read about it, they were like, this is supposed to be a lighthearted whatever comment. But <laughs> I think there, that's a misplaced comment. There are like th- three or four times where I was laughing, and there was one part where he was like, replace that tit. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's one. That was one. I don't know if that was meant to be funny, but it I made don't me think laugh. So. I, I don't um, think it's meant to be funny. Yeah, so the kids are like into it. They're like, oh, like. They're spying on their father, like getting like intimate with a young lady. Yeah. And by the way, Rose is supposed to be nineteen. Right. I don't know how old Laura Dern actually was at the time. She was like in her she was like early twenties, like twenty three or something. But um so it's okay, so that scene made me think that yes, they have done something in the past. But it also made me think because when Buddy was like, oh, we have, quote, another one, it's like, is the father just bringing in young girls that he has, like, accidentally, like, slept with to be, like, their nannies? It's possible. And I honestly And then the kids are just, like, used to it. And the mom's just... Well, the mom is, like, deaf and, like, totally oblivious to, like, what the fuck's going on in the house. I also kind of think that the mother doesn't really give a shit if he has extramarital relations. I think she she almost expects his 
it to be happening yeah. with Rose. That's why I'm like, why are they together? I don't, I don't know. But, I don't know. That that scene, the fact that, like, he, he gives in to temptation, which, you know, no, he didn't seem like... He didn't really seem like a very religious guy. But he also didn't seem like it was that hard to convince him to, to do anything. And then the scene afterwards, it's not immediately afterwards, but when she goes into town, she's wearing the tight outfit. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you can't wear that, you can't wear that. But then there's the scene where she picks up a dude at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. And then you see Daddy and Buddy, Buddy. in the car. <laughs> watching Watching her. that happen. And he looks almost proud. He's like, look at how easy it is for her to do this stuff. I, that's what made me think, oh. He's pimping her out? Yeah. She's she's being brought to town by him. This is what they're doing every day or every other day or whatever. I think... And he's just watching, okay, she got her mark. Time to go home, buddy. That's what I thought was happening. But whenever she brings men over, he's, like, pissed off. That's when I realized, oh, he's not in on it. So the movie just really did a piss-poor job of showing me what Robert Duvall's character's motivations actually that's, were. That, everything confused me. Because that scene, also, I was like, why are they laughing or enjoying her, like, walking around being, like, whistled at and, like, catcalling and whatever? Wouldn't you want to be like, hey, leave her alone? I don't know. But she loves it. She likes the attention. Yeah, that's all she knows. But, like, I don't know. The the whole thing. I don't like, understand that scene. I don't understand like ninety percent of the scenes. <laughs> I mean the whole the whole scene is just to show that like yeah she's she's like a promiscuous she sticks out like a yeah. sore thumb in this conservative Georgia town. town. Yeah, she's like and, this promiscuous. Well, you know it's like I don't know like any like Marilyn Monroe movie when she walks into right a club and or all the guys are like exactly or. What movie was it that we saw, like Sweet Poison or whatever it was, where like the woman is just getting out, uh, right. like walking in the diner, and all the dudes turn their heads? It's the right. same thing. It's just extended. It's yeah, showing, like, oh, but I don't understand here's why this epitome of sex in right. our town, walking around in a green tight outfit. Right. I don't know. It's like someone walking around naked is the idea. But I don't get why Buddy and the dad were just sitting there watching her do this and they were enjoying what they were seeing. That's what confused the shit out of me. Is like I thought, okay, well if she's if he's basically just sitting there watching this happen and he seems almost proud that she picked up this guy so easily, then he must be getting some cut of this. And I thought that all of the talk about wanting to kick her out of the house was gaslighting the mom into saying, no, no, she should stay, she should stay, and just, like, manipulating the mother in... Oh, and to keep... Into keeping her around. Be like, I think we need to get rid of her as soon as possible. I thought that was all bullshit that he was spewing just for optics. And a, a way for the mom to be like, you know what, settle down, let's go easy on this girl, let's keep her around. And then he gets his way. Yeah, but that's she, not how it like was. he wanted to still keep her because she probably gets because he was pimping her out. Yeah, yeah. But no, he really wanted her out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> and it took me like two thirds of the movie to realize that that was actually what was happening in that scene where she actually brings somebody home, and um, he 
the daddy's pounding on the door and sees the guy who jumped out the window and like broke and his like every, ankle or something after they got caught. And like every boy or man that she comes across, she's immediately in love with them because they just show some sort of affection to her or just like are nice to her. It's like, oh, you're nice to me. I love you. Yeah. But you don't see her around a whole lot of people. This is the thing. Yeah, you don't so it's, see it's her tough like to really understand that side of her because you don't get to see those interactions yeah. with other people. You see the guy at the bus stop very briefly, and you see the family, and then uh, that's about it. I mean, there's the cop that she bit the finger off, but like that's she gets arrested at some point for um, biting the His finger, finger in a cop when there's like some sort of scuffle or something. That there was like a scuffle see. of two guys fighting over her. And she gets in the middle somehow. It, yeah. It's all off screen. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, of course, the dad, the dad wants to kick her out because she was arrested and she's a troublemaker and blah, blah, blah. And the mom wants to keep her. And then there's this whole thing with her being sick. It, there's a lot of stupid things that happen in it. Um, but before that, I, I, I think we need to talk about the other uncomfortable scene. I don't like it, but... I mean, we, how can we not mention it, though? Okay, trigger warning, because this is like... 13-year-old guy. 13-year-old boy with a 19-year-old woman. There you go. There's trigger warning. After the dad berates her for coming on to him, she climbs into Buddy's bed for comfort. Just... As a friend was yeah. the idea. But Buddy, being a 13-year-old shithead... Um, I mean, he I mean, he's is... A, he's fucking sex-obsessed like any fucking teenager. Yeah, like any boy that's going through puberty is... Because there is even a point where he's, like, reading, like, um, nude magazines or something. That's what he tells his mom so he doesn't get in trouble for being with her her in any capacity but then the mom just kind of like rolls her eyes she's like all right well it's like, yeah don't do that shit that's bad yeah but um because rose knows that like this should not be happening with buddy nothing should be happening with buddy she will get in serious trouble if she knows but finds out i don't understand why she went to his bed in the first place he thought okay i think a couple things one is they're friends they're friendly. Yeah. Right? Two, I don't think Rose, again, she's not dim, but I think she's very naive. She's like a and precocious... And just assumes that she's like an older sister to him yeah, yeah, yeah. and can just be there and like hang out. Yeah. Let's just like talk. She's... Okay. She's just like, can we just talk because I'm lonely or whatever? Yeah. Uh, and because she's not used to having boundaries with men in the first place... Right. She lets Buddy touch her boobs and be really aggressive with her in that way. And she's kind of brushing it off lightly, but, like, she's not... She's not... I don't know. She's not actively stopping it. And I think it's because she doesn't know any better, because this is how pretty much all of her interactions with guys have been, is what 
the movie's trying to right. say. So anyway, like, Buddy just keeps on trying to take things further and further and further. Well, yeah, he's just like, can I see your boobs? And then she's like, Buddy, like... She's trying to have, like, a separate conversation about, like, her feelings about her dad and all this other stuff that just happened. And he's only saying, yeah, but I'm really curious about your boobs. I think they're really soft. Can I find out? And, like, that's, that's... Bouncing back and forth like two separate conversations. She's like, yeah, she well, because he starts asking her questions about her past, like who are these men that you were with? Like, he knows that she was like a sex, like she was forced into like sex work when she was young. We don't know like what age, but it's right. Yeah, and but it seems like that's why I'm always thinking like. When once again, Buddy is like, we have another one. So was there like another girl like her, where he also was like, interested in? You know. It could be, and then maybe nothing happened because Rose is supposedly his first love. Right. So. Because maybe, the he was probably like maybe he was appropriately ten rejected years old at the he, time. He, well, or he, was he was probably too young to actually like like. Yeah to like I don't or know or didn't be get into a situation in because Rose actually actively came into his room so that right. opened up, up the opportunity like for him supposedly yes and yeah he's but, asking like can I feel it can I see it can I just like whatever yeah and and it goes and then he whispers in her ear right and then you see the the hand go down her pants after like again a lot of like She's protesting, like, but not actively. Um, she's like, I really shouldn't. Yeah, the situation. She's, she's like, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. She like, could easily get up and get out of the situation, but right, doesn't. she could have like gotten up. But instead, a long she's, time ago, like she and she's not like offended by it. She just knows it's wrong, right? She's she's basically saying like, buddy, come on, like that's not a good thing to ask. Like that's the tone that she's right. Getting. She's like, like. I just wanted to, like, she wanted to have, like, a deep personal conversation with a friend, and it turns into this. And he's like, and then, I get it, because, like, she's been, she has been, like, abused by men since whenever. I don't even know. So she's like, fine. Like, I guess we're just going to do this, so just do it. Yeah. So... That's Buddy's big character arc, honestly. Like, he, he's, like, really interested in sex, and she's, like, and so educating him. Yeah, like, he, he assaults her. And, end. yeah, he fingers her at the end of that. I don't want to go into it. I mean that's that's basically the end of his story too. Like honestly, like there I I can't think of another important thing that Buddy does the entire rest of the movie. No, besides just like other than being the bookend of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end. That's it. He was like, "Okay, I'm in love with her." But they don't show and him It's like the end of act 1, basically. Right. But okay, if he's quote in love with her, like wouldn't he be like kind of like just going back with man in the moon like how Danny's in love with court like if you're so quote in love with this woman wouldn't you be like 
jealous that she has like boys coming over maybe he is and we just don't see it like he's just not actively part of the story anymore after that because after that it just turns into her all of a sudden just bringing boys to the house and the father just really wants to fire her and then she gets sick yeah and then like the last again it comes back to the the present day at the very end and buddy is there and like the whole thing is oh how sad he is that he found out that Rose died, who had been married for 25 years, but now he's crying over Rose because she's finally gone. It's like, fuck off. Yeah, okay, but when she... Suck it up, fucker. I don't know. Like, I, 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 did, like I, didn't, I didn't like... I don't know. Buddy? Like, yeah, I mean, because, like, what did he learn? He learned how to be an, an aggressive yeah, we don't sexual learn... partner. Like, he learned that he can get away with stuff if he's just, like, persistent. Yeah, we don't learn, like, what he's gone through in life. He didn't learn about love. No. From Rose. Well, th- yeah, so, t- I mean, yeah, sh- so sh- after that, it's just like, she's, she's like, don't tell anyone this happened. I mean, they don't... Well, yeah, because, like, she still understands the idea of right. underage. Right. That's when she just starts bringing guys over, and guys are, like, fighting over her. She goes into jail... She says yeah, there's she's... guys who are, like, coming around the house and, like, fighting outside of the house and stuff like that, And they're too. like, who are... And then and the father and the, the mother are like, who are these dudes? And then... And I still thought the dad was in on it at that time, so he's like, you know... It's like, hey, oh. like, not yeah. here. Do yeah. it in the designated place, dude. Right. Like, that's what it seemed like it was happening, but well, no. And then she gets, um... Double pneumonia? She gets sick, yeah, but then She's they... carried away in a stretcher for having a fever. Right. And Which is I, weird. I don't know if that... Maybe that was typical procedure back in the day. But it didn't seem like, you know, someone who has a fever would need to be... I mean, this is the 30s. And I, I don't... I have no idea. It, it wasn't It like, didn't cost an arm and a leg to take an ambulance back then. It wasn't like um, in Man in the Moon where the dad had to, like, drive back and forth. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a, a bigger town than Man in the Moon. Right. But yeah, they say double pneumonia or as the dad calls it episodes well because whenever she's like when rose is like quote acting up or acting different he thinks she's like on her period yeah yeah because he's he's also a he's shit. a fucking he's a asshole yeah shit. yes and that's why he's like oh i don't want to deal with her because she's probably it's at her time of the month and then he's like telling the mom to like deal with her or something mm-hmm. and he calls them, like, epizooties. Like, I don't want to know about your, like, episodes, but he calls them epizooties. Yeah. So he doesn't believe that she's, like, sick. Right. Until she can't get out of the bed, and that's when they take her to the hospital. She's got pneumonia, but then turns into that they find out that she has, like, an ovarian cyst. Well, that, yeah, that's a little bit di- later. So, like, she okay. she has the double pneumonia stuff or whatever, and she comes and back, then, and then she's and then she comes back and she's fine again. And then that's when the guy falls out of the window, jumping when they get caught. Right, um, and that's when the father is like, and then okay, the dad's you're... like, okay, you're gone. I found you a job at a dairy in Tennessee, and that's when she's like, I can't do it. I'm pregnant. Yeah, and they were like, this is where he was like, I don't believe you. Right. So then he's like, open your legs right now so I can. Yeah. He was like, show me. Drop your pants. Yeah, show me. 
And then the mom is like, she could be like two months pregnant. They don't, you don't start showing until you're like five, six months pregnant. You well, know? they show like a little bump. Yeah. And she's like, well, it looks like it's about three months to me. Okay. And it turned out to be the cyst. The ovarian cyst. Because she's like, I haven't had my period in a while and I uh, and my belly's growing. So right. So like she was actually telling the truth about that, but whatever. Mm. Um, was not willing to say anything at the time because pregnant and promiscuous is bad. Right. And, 30s um i i hate to say i I don't know if this is one of the 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 lines that you thought was funny in here but when they when she does get caught with the guy yeah i'm a human girl i'm only a human girl person (laughs) like what the fuck is that but then when he called when he talks back to her he's like well i am a human man person i was like who the fuck is writing this I know it's based. I know it's based off of a book, and then I found out it's Calder Willingham's book. He also did the screenplay. Yeah, but it's also semi autobiographical. So this is like he's like the buddy. Yeah, I hope he wasn't as I don't know uncouth, but it sadly could be. Um, And I was like, yeah. He, I mean, I'm not going to read the book because fuck this book and nah. story altogether. I mean, he's done better stuff. But it's like, sure. I am a human girl person. Yeah, I am only a human girl person. And again, it's, it's meant to show the uneducated yeah. of the character of sympathy. And then he's like, I am only a human man person myself of the father variety. Does he say that? Yeah, I I wrote this shit down. And then he's like, she's like, I am only a human girl person and I ain't always perfect. Then he goes, I am only a human man person myself of the father variety. (laughs) Like what writing? And then later on, like a few minutes later, he's like, pack your bags, baby. At this moment, you're hired, mired and fired. Yeah, that was That's the why moment I was like, I'm like is... oh, she's he's definitely not in on it. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's pissed. It. He's mad. Um, but the, at that point, like the other, like also, like time doesn't make sense here because like the next scene, she's like, oh well, she tells the mom like I found someone, I'm in love. She goes on a date with that cop. She like bit the finger of, and then like the scene after that, she's married to him. Yeah, well, that was after the conversation about the about cyst. the cyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oh, okay, so yeah, like another trigger warning, I think, is necessary yeah. here because they're talking about medical decisions and and basically mutilation. Yeah, this is like the father has to make the decision for her, which is gross. Yeah, I mean, she so. doesn't have any other... Pre- but, but, I mean, they could ask the patient themselves. Right. But anyway, the doctor is back, and, and there's the ovarian cyst, which they mention, and also gonorrhea. Uh, and they say, well, she's they want in- to make the choice on her behalf to right. remove the womb and the other ovary that doesn't have a cyst mm-hmm. in order to potentially reduce her sexual impulses because... Clearly, she's too promiscuous and is causing a lot of problems for her and her health. And so, it for whatever reason, it takes the mom a while to catch on to what was being said there. Oh, well, yeah. Even though she is the more educated person. Like, the dad gets it immediately. She's like, oh, yeah, cut that shit off. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's neuter her. Yeah, which is gross. Right. 
Uh, and then the the mom finally gets what's like happening. her say, and gives like the speech of the movie, right? Like which the, is like you know the like this what right town, do you have? Yeah, this town is like misogynistic, racist. Like we're women are seen as second class citizens. Blah blah blah. Like that was like the best part of the entire movie. Yeah, know? like it, again, this is this is like the thesis statement for the movie that's happening yeah. like right here at the end, and it takes forever to even get to it yeah show that this was what was being led up and so the dad is quickly convinced that the mom is right right which is surprising and they were like we're not gonna do that they're just gonna doctor's like oh well i wouldn't i wouldn't be actually performing the procedure myself because the mom threatens to like basically sue him for everything he's worth if he tries to do it yeah without their say yeah without the patient's say yeah um and he's like, oh, actually, it'd be someone else doing the operation. But they they end up finding, like, they're just going to treat it. They're not going to... Yeah, they're just going to remove the ovary that has the cyst. Yeah. Instead of the entire reproductive system, which right. is what they wanted to do. Because they already said, like, she she doesn't have a chance to have kids no matter what. Yeah. So, like, it, there's no legitimate purpose other than what they think is, you know, basically, like, leeching level of medical science you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. okay if we get rid of the entire system then she won't have these thoughts anymore she won't want to do anything right like treating her like an animal like a fucking dog that gets spayed so they can not have more babies but she's she can't have babies because of this cyst right so anyway that's that's largely the the long and short of it other other than after that scene happens she goes on a date with the cop whose finger she bit off bit the off, thumb yeah. of. And because he didn't try to come inside after the date, she runs in and says, I found the man of my dreams. Yeah, to the mom, yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're then... both sitting there, but yeah. She's like, oh man, I found the person I'm going to marry. He didn't try to... Yeah, he didn't try to sleep right with away. me like night one. Yeah. So I'm in love and we're going to get married. The next scene, they're married. They're married. And then she, like... And then cut back to the present. Oh, by the way, Rose is dead. I'm sad, Dad. Well... Goodbye. The mom is obviously gone, because the dad still lives at that house, and that house looks like it's fucking ramshackled through, like... Like a hurricane just fucking went through it, because it looks like it's falling apart. Yeah, in the first scene, it looked like it was falling apart. And... It looked like it was empty. Robert Duvall still looks the same as he did from the 30s in the 70s. He's aged up a little bit, but not much. Um, and I yeah. was like, yeah, they, he they, should they have been like eighty something at that point. But yeah, the mom's not there anymore. The son came over because I guess the father told him to come over. Yeah, and was like to tell him the news in person that yeah, Rose is dead. Rose is dead, and then whatever. Then they go walk off somewhere. Like I don't even know. And that's when Buddy starts crying, and Mister Dad. Mr. Hillier tells him that Rose is a person who will never really die. She was live on forever in their hearts. The end. Right. You know, I know that the the phrase doesn't age well isn't something that a lot of people like to hear, but I think this is an example where I don't I don't think it aged very well. Get why people gave I went on Rotten Tomatoes and this has a 100%. Like I don't under this is another movie where I don't understand. Yeah. Why why it's good? 
I mean, th- the acting was fine. Mm-hmm. But Except the... I, I would argue Robert Duvall because I didn't All understand right. that he was... Well, I was just saying the mom... Sincere like, the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, the, the real mother-daughter team yes. of Diane Ladd and Laura Dern... But I don't think they should have been, like, nominated either. It wasn't that good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at the nominations. I think it's a weird project for them to do together as real life mother and daughter. Yeah. It's it's a weird like why would why would Laura Dern want to do all this stuff in front of her mom? Well, I mean, I don't know. She was like in Wild, Wild at Heart, at heart. Mm-hmm. and that's also like she's kind of like promiscuous in that movie too. I don't know. That's that's about all we really have to say about the story, I think, really, right? Yeah. Like, there's, there's this whole thread of sexuality and feminism that's sort of weaving in there, but it's just not told effectively, and it's not, there's not a good build-up for it. The movie was nominated for a couple Oscars. Oscar and Golden Globe nominated for Best Actress Laura Dern and Best Supporting Actress for Diane Ladd, who played the mother. Uh, Spirit Award winner for Best Feature... Also Spirit Award winner for Best Director and Supporting Female and nominated for Male Lead for Duvall and nominated for Cinematography. Young Artist Award nominations for Lisa Jacob, who played Dahl, the the middle sibling, the sister, as well as Lucas Haas. That's about all for the awards. I mean, the little kids were good, but they also barely factored in. They were barely in it. Like the younger... Waski had like two scenes. Like the, the sister was in it for like two three scenes and then never seen ever again yeah there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't like why didn't the like what happened to waski and the sister and dolly could have had a whole family reunion yeah they could have brought all the kids like the dad could have called the all like why calls buddy because like the dad knew that buddy was in love with her yeah i guess i don't know whatever um directed by Martha Coolidge this is I think is this the first movie that's been that has um that shared a director with another movie we saw yeah cause she did Bare Essentials the yes. TV movie yes I'm trying to think is if this is the first first person who's directed two movies that we've watched on the podcast I or think so I don't know <laughs> yeah the guy who did Highway to Hell was the first. The Ate de Jean. Yeah, because yeah. he did he did uh, Drop yeah. Dead at Fred. Yeah. So second 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 director. Okay. <laughs> but just as a reminder, Bare Essentials, Valley Girl, Real Genius, Lost in Yonkers, Out to Sea. Calder Willingham, Oscar and Golden Globe nominated, as well as BAFTA winner for The Graduate. So he has done better stuff. He's also done Passive Glory, Little Big Man, and Thieves Like Us. I mean, even with, like, The Graduate, with the whole woman seducing a younger man thing. I think it's handled with a lot more tact, and obviously Dustin Hoffman's character is an adult at that point, technically. Alright. Now I'm just seeing this man's ways, and I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I have not seen Paths of Glory or Little Big Man or Thieves Like Us. I've only seen The Graduate out of those four 
major pictures. Um, Laura Dern, who played Rose, Oscar winner for Marriage Story, also nominated for the movie Wild. Emmy winner and nominee for Big Lot of Lies, also has nominations for Afterburn, Fallen Angels, Ellen as a guest spot, Recount, and Enlightened, and The Tale. Spirit nominated for Smooth Talk, Blue Velvet, Spirit winner for Marriage Story, and also been in things like Jurassic Park, Citizen Ruth, October Sky, and Little Women. Robert Duvall as Daddy, Oscar winner for Tender Mercies, nominated for Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Great Santini, Apostle in the Civil Action, and The Judge. Emmy Award winner for Broken Trail, nominated for Lonesome Dove, Stalin, and The Man Who Captured Eichmann. BAFTA Award nominated for Godfather, Apocalypse Now, and Network. And he's also in the 1991 movie Convicts. Diane Ladd, Oscar and Golden Globe nominated for Ask Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and Wild at Heart. BAFTA Award winner for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Emmy nominated for a guest spot on Dr. Quinn, uh, Medicine Woman, Grace Under Fire, and Touched by an Angel. Golden Globe winner for a TV show called, just called Alice, so not the same as Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Uh, we've seen her before in 1991's Kiss Before Dying, so two not-so-stellar movies for her, but she's mm -hmm. also in Shadow of a Doubt, so maybe third time's a charm. Um, she's been in things like Shadow of a Doubt, Chinatown, uh, uh, Christmas Vacation, and uh, Chesapeake Shores. Lucas Haas, who again, I mean, good performances by the actors, even if the parts aren't the best. Um, Young Artist Award winner for Lady in White and Place at the Table. He's in the 1991 movie A Perfect Tribute. Um, Saturn nominated for Mars Attacks. Uh, he's also been in things like Witness, probably most prominently before this. Um, mm -hmm. He was in the Ryan White story, uh, Inception, Revenant, Brick, um, and also the 1991 movie Convicts, as well as the Perfect Tribute. John Hurd played old buddy Wilcox Hillier. He's in the 1991 movie Deceived, but you probably know him as Kevin's dad in Home Alone, or maybe from Awakenings, Big, Chud, Cat People. Um, and he was also Emmy nominated for Sopranos. We can move on to true crime and pop culture. Okay, well, this movie was released September 20th, 1991, which was a Friday. And the other, it was around the same time as Marilyn and Me, that was September 22nd. Mm. And then Murder in New Hampshire was September 24th couple TV movies. I'm going to talk about John Hurd for a little bit and then get into TV. Because we have a TV guide. Yeah, we the TV guide is huge because it was the fall preview. And it was pretty much like all the... This TGI Friday or TGIF yeah. <laughs> was like all the premiere season premieres for all these family matters step by step perfect strangers and baby talk but i'm just going to talk a little bit about john hurd and like his death but also like some personal stuff okay trigger warning okay. once again for like domestic abuse in 1987 he had a son with actress and former girlfriend Melissa Leo and he 
John Hurd was arrested in 1991 and charged with third-degree assault for slapping Melissa Leo. And in 1997, he was found guilty of trespassing at Melissa Leo's home, but was acquitted of charges of trespassing at their son's school. Like, he was trying... He was, like, stalking... Mm-hmm. Her, her, and her son. Even though he was like married to someone else at yeah. that time, he was married to. At that time, well, he was married first. He was married to Margot Kidder, from nineteen seventy nine to nineteen eighty, and then he was with uh, Sharon Heard from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety six. So he was having this affair with Melissa Leo while he was married to Sharon Hurd. Mm. And he had two children with Sharon Hurd and he just seems like he was just like an estranged father to his children. But I found out like when he did pass away um he died July 21st 19 or July 21st 2017 and it was six months after his son not the one with Melissa Leo but the one with his wife Sharon Heard son's name was Max he died six months before he did from an overdose and John Heard was found in a hotel room in Palo Alto Palo Alto, California. He was found by a maid service dead. And they didn't know what the cause of death was, but they didn't treat it as being suspicious because he was recovering from a back injury. Okay. But they said it wasn't suspicious under suspicious activity, but it also wasn't because of his back injury. So basically just no foul play. It wasn't caused by another human being. Yes. Right. It wasn't a homicide for sure. Right. And then in this article that I found in right after his death, this is Radar Online, that he was buried next to his estranged son that died six months ago, Max. But, okay, now moving on to TV. After reading the TV guide... I found out that there was a comedy salute to Michael Jordan, and that was on NBC. It was on at like 10 o'clock at night, and we found the YouTube, like the entire thing on YouTube and watched it. Minus commercials. Yeah, minus. And a little bit of the opening is also missing. Yeah, it was very like abrupt. I don't know. And it was just, it's kind of like a comedy central roast, but not really a roast. It was just like, you're such a great dude. Let's spend an hour congratulating you for winning your first championship. championship. (laughs) Yeah, it's, so obviously the Bulls won the championship in June of 1991. Yeah. Um, That was the first one that they had done. 
and I think the, the main impetus is that it was a charity event. They said, like, the money that was raised was going to two different charities, the Michael Jordan Foundation and also mm-hmm. Comic Relief. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, like, a couple sketches. It was hosted by Cri- Billy, Billy Crystal. Crystal. So, wasn't... Okay, when... Was... I remember Michael Jordan on SNL. Was that the same, like, week? Because I remember him being, he did a sketch with, like, the Stuart Smalley. That's the one thing where it's like, you're good enough, you're smart enough. Because they do bring in SNL people to do a couple sketches with him. I don't know when he hosted. It would not have been the same week, I don't think, because I think that event took place in Chicago for one. I don't think yeah. it was live, but you know, um, it just they brought in that, like SNL people to do skits with him. Yeah, I don't think he would have done the season opener if he did anything. Um, so, it, yeah, so I, I don't was... remember. I don't remember if he had won a championship yet when he hosted SNL. Oh, okay. I just I sh- I guess I should have looked that up, but I, that's why because I was like, why are they doing these SNL sketches? But. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was hosted by Billy Crystal. Comedy people, is, right? Is part of it. So I mean, they didn't. But they're bringing like SNL into it. Well, I mean, they bring in the Chicago super fans because that's a popular thing. Right? Yeah, so but then they Lange have the whole Chris thing. Farley, Jane Curtin and and Victoria uh, Jackson and, and Nora Martin Nora Dunn and Andrea Martin from yeah, SCTV Andrea. is also in there. I mean, they obviously curly. Aside from Victoria Jackson, we're not actively... Well, Nora Dunn. Um, yeah. You have two people who are active on SNL. But, I mean, yeah, it's... I don't know. I think it's just because they're, like, the hottest comedian... <laughs> at that time. At the time, for the so, most part? Yeah, so it was hosted by Billy Crystal, and, you know, Billy does this sort of, like, welcome to the show hosting like what you would do for like the Oscars or whatever yeah. and then it's like here's the guests and the first and, yeah. comedian is and Marshall clip, Warfield and a clip package too showing some of his highlights yeah we're like let's show like what a great person Michael Jordan is we're a player yeah or, <laughs> I don't know it's just like they do it, talk about a little bit of like his humanitarian him, work yeah, at that yeah. point the and then they bring out some guests. Marsha Warfield is first, and she does like a cute bit about just African African American vernacular English. She's someone who she's been doesn't get enough credit for her stand up. She's known right. for Night Court, so NBC connection there, but right. she doesn't get enough credit for her stand up. So At that to time, too, she had her daytime talk show. Oh, did she at the same time? Yeah, oh, okay. it it was from. Nine, it ended in 1991. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they did the skit with the Chicago fans where they talk about, they're at Ditka's, but then, you know, they're talking about the Bulls, and then they bring out Michael Jordan, and they're, like, kind of, like, talking shit with him. Yeah, they're talking <laughs> shit on the Lakers, and be like, well, when did you decide to throw the first game to the Lakers? Right. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. And yeah. then they have just... And it seemed like Michael maybe knew what was going to well, happen. he was, yeah, like, he was just kind lines, of like... His delivery was kind of, it seemed like it was like half improv, half scripted. Yeah, the, it was like a weird... Um, it's like he was unaware of what they were going to say. Yeah, because he seemed like surprised that they were doing this. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
That's why I was like, when was he on SNL? But he wasn't much better on SNL. I know, but my favorite, <laughs> like my favorite skit with him, is when he did the, "You're Good Enough, You're Smart Enough" thing yeah. with Stuart Smith. Yeah. But um. So then they have a performance by Patty Patty LaBelle, and then they do this like weird thing with Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, another sketch. Like, which I've never seen. Like, I guess it's like, hey, Siskel and Ebert have senses of humor. I think um, they used to be on Letterman every once in a while, and I think Uh, they got to show off a little bit then too. But this is like a full on like like them riffing, yeah, with each other, and then with Michael Jackson. Jordan. Or Michael Jordan. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's like this sketch where they're pretending... Uh, well, I guess there's a shot where Jordan uh, fell into the crowd during a Laker game and Siskel was in the crowd, and so they used that as like the driver um, yeah. to say, oh, you just included that clip because you wanted to show off that you were at the game. And then they do some little bit where they pretend like Ebert is passing the ball to Jordan from his right from his but then they treat it as if they're speaking about a movie they're like we're gonna talk about your play by play yeah they're reviewing the best plays of the finals yes yeah and then it goes into a performance by Bruce Hornsby and I was confusion because I was like why Bruce Hornsby because when they when the show starts they're playing that's just the way it is when they do the whole uh that's just the way it is by bruce hornsby while they're doing this whole montage of like all of michael which is already a weird ass choice yeah they're like all of his plays and i'm like that's why i was asking you because i am not a sports person i was like what does bruce hornsby have to do like did they it is not a jock jam yeah, that's right. why I was like, it's was this like song used for the Bulls at some not... point? Like, why? And then they bring him up on stage. So I did a Google. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what does Bruce Hornsby have to do with the Bulls? But it just turns out that Bruce Hornsby used to play basketball in high school and college. Like, he was varsity, whatever. And he's so obsessed with, like, basketball that he is, like, sort of, like, friends with basketball players okay and he probably like agreed to do it for free if he could right. just like, be on stage and... for him or whatever mm-hmm. and then he sings he doesn't sing that's just the way it is it's his other quote hit because i don't really give a shit about bruce hornsby it's that cross the river song but it was like uh, it's like why yeah yeah so that was weird and then it gets into like this whole like will smith comes on as like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Well, I don't know if he comes on as the Fresh Prince. It's just, again, another NBC connection. Like, here's right. another star from our network. But he does, like, a little stand-up bit instead of rapping. It's right. not a musical performance by him. He just does, like, a little, like, five-minute bit, and then he's like, oh, we love you, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Weird. And then it's it, weird. It gets weirder because... Well, actually, then they bring on Paul Rodriguez, and Paul Rodriguez does a bit. Actually, I thought he was funny. Yeah. His bits. The actual stand-up comedians that they brought on were good. Were good. But then they bring on Spike Lee, and this is weird. It was just like, hey, man, we're friends. It's cool and all. The end. Yeah, Spike did not (laughs) give a shit. 
It was so weird. Like, I was honestly expecting like some New York Knicks riffing. Be like, how dare you, you know, yeah, take it to my Knicks. Michael or Jordan like that. is like born in Brooklyn, so like, you know, the rivalry. I don't fucking know. But any. they also did the, you know, the Air Jordan commercials together that Spike Lee directed, where he yeah. played Mars. And, it was like they know, just brought him like, on, Dino, and Spike Lee's like, like, "Yo, it's gotta be the shoes type of a thing." And like, none of that was referenced either. Right. And, and then, then Patty Labelle comes on again, and that's the end of the show. It was weird. It was weird. It was like a really weird tribute. I'm. I wonder if I have it on VHS somewhere as well. If I if I would have known about it, I probably did. Yeah, that's. Well, because it was on super late at night. I don't know if you would be. Like, I would be up. up. Oh, okay. Especially if it was like a Friday night. Yeah. But you're like, oh, Michael Jordan's gonna be. Yeah, on. Michael Jordan. I gotta see this. Right. But I don't. I have no recollection of it. And if I did record it, I never watched it afterwards because this seemed all new to me. Yeah, I I just like we I there is a picture of that's how I found out about it was from reading the the full page ad the full page ad and the TV guides and that TV guide specifically the fall preview one that's the one that we look through you know like the most as as a kid like that's what you anticipate you want to know because it has all of like what's coming up for fall that's the cool that's that's the cool episode or the cool issue that's the big issue that you want to like you know you want to circle what you're going to watch and stuff like that so we can move on to rankings and ratings then. Where on your one to five star scale are you going to put Rambling Rose? It's not on your top four hundred. I know that. It's not my top anything. I'm getting. The, I'm giving this a one. It's a one. I'm not going that low. I'm not going to say it's controversial because it's not controversial. This I don't like this. Okay, it is controversial because why is this movie like at one hundred percent and I just don't get it. Yeah, feel free to let us know what you guys think. Uh, we're probably just going to disagree with you. I'm not going as low. I'm going to say it's a one and a half on my zero. I'm, to I'm waiting for someone to say, how dare you hate this movie? It's a cherished, loving movie about a family. I feel like we're going to get some of that. Like, we get that for freaking talent for the game. We get that for Kiss Before Dying. Yeah, that's why whenever we shit We're going to get movie. it for nothing but trouble once that releases. Well, like, <laughs> I was okay with that movie. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, maybe, like, I don't know. Because I saw, like, all the comments of the, the video, the Skull Crusher video or whatever, and everyone's like, oh, this is my favorite movie of all time. Like, that's oh, a, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why when you were young, like, kid, I remember... Yeah, this, if you were a kid and watching it. You are a kid watching it. But, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid, but it wasn't my favorite. I was just like, what the hell am I watching? I don't know. It, rose-colored glasses for this one, but for Rambling Rose, one and a half stars. Every movie is worth watching once. Would you watch it again? Absolutely not. No. I have no reason to. I, I I'm biased against period piece stuff like this in the first place. This there it's was just, nothing. The 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 writing is what boggles my mind yeah i think it's just i think it like again very good acting and that's the big part of the one yeah. and a half yeah um i no thank and you to the it rest. made me feel too uncomfortable there were so many uncomfortable scenes i was like i can't watch this there's ever. a lot of gross parts it's a lot of like uncomfortable grossness that doesn't have redeeming factors so if you out there want to watch rambling rose 
after this glowing review, as of this recording in April 2023, it's only available on digital rental, VHS, or DVD. As always, check your local listings. As for us, you can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're continuing our period piece type of stuff with The Rocketeer. That's on Disney Plus, digital rental, VHS, and DVD. We'll see you then.